worship him for a moment. Father, we magnify you. We exalt you. We extol you. We lift you up. Be glorified in our bodies, in our lives, in our families, in our community. Be glorified in us. May we be lights of your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. You alone are God, and all blessing and all glory and all honor belongs to you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 I'm reminded when they were singing, I don't know why this one came to me, and I believe it's to encourage someone, but I was reminded of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was mad at God. And he said, you know what? God, you didn't come through the way I wanted you to come through. You didn't fulfill what I thought you should fulfill in the time that I thought you should fulfill it. So I made a decision, God, that I wasn't going to talk about you no more. I wasn't going to proclaim your name no more. I wasn't going to lift you up no more. I wasn't going to do it. But it was as a fire shut up in my bones because the word of God dwelt in my heart richly. Whereby I couldn't keep quiet about your goodness. And it was brought to mind how good you have been. Yeah. Even though the answer wasn't my answer, you've been good. Yeah. So I couldn't rest yeah. on who you are. Yeah. And he said and it was like a raging fire and I had to release it. Yeah. Therefore, I will proclaim your name. Yeah. Therefore, I will proclaim yeah. your glory. Therefore, I will proclaim yeah. your praise because I've seen with my own eyes how yeah. good the Lord God is. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God is not obligated to our opinions. That's right. God is not even obligated to our request. That's right. But he's obligated to our word. That's right. And when you know his word, and when his word dwells richly within you, he is glorified in you. He will be lifted high in you. Yes. And you won't be able but to help, but to praise his holy name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Let's grab hold to the neighbor's hand next to you and let's all agree in prayer. Daddy, in the name of Jesus, 
we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. And we do rejoice and we are glad in it. The table has been set, Father, through prayer, praise, worship, all of our dream teams from the parking lot to the nursery, Father. So we thank you for the united effort to glorify you in this service today. The man of God, Pastor, my husband and I decrease so that the Spirit of God may increase in us. Use Use us as one vessel to proclaim your goodness and your word. We're honored to share it together. But Father, we also thank you in advance for the power of that word being planted in the hearts of your people, whereby no one is the same, but they are changed. We thank you in advance for revelation, understanding, conviction, growth, knowledge, and just a greater awareness to glorify you is made evident in their lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to have your way this morning. Do what you do. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it in Jesus' name. And all those that are in agreement said, amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Praise the Lord. Music department, as always, set the stage excellently. If you are visiting with us for the very first time, um, that's the pastor right there. (laughs) But we are team ministering this morning, praise God, so we welcome you. And if you're joining us online, welcome online family. Good to have you in the spirit. All right, so we're picking up on the series called The Pattern. And again, this is a conclusion or a response to Pastor Gregory's series that he ministered a few weeks back called The Blueprint. If you have not heard any of it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it by way of SoundCloud or our website. The foundational scriptures are Proverbs 31. Verse 10, where it says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? We are talking about the role and the, and, the, and, the, and the life and the expectation and God's plan for the woman. And basically what he says is, who can find a woman of power, a woman of virtue, a woman of, of control, a woman of great esteem, a woman of confidence? Who can find her for her price is far above rubies? We talked about why does God compare her to a ruby? We understand that the ruby is that stone that has a slight impurity that brings it brilliance. So even in your flaws, you can still execute brilliance. Amen. But that brilliance is discovered because it looks alike all over the place. But that brilliance is not discovered until that stone has gone through a washing, a rigorous washing and cleansing and rubbing or unless it's broken. Amen. Second foundational scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul is exhorting Timothy, and he said, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which such hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Basically what he's saying there is that God, Jesus himself has chosen imperfect vessels so that as we are pursuing and achieving in Christ, we are a pattern of his mercy and his long suffering. He does not need a perfect vessel to fulfill his will. He just needs an obedient vessel. That's good news. Yes. Amen. Amen. So now we talked about, you know, right now we're in, uh, you know, the next, uh, um, a phase. We talked about the God, the, the, the female that God created, the woman that God made. Now we're talking about the woman that Satan deceived. And we're talking about 10 facts about sin, disobedience, and tactics of Satan. Amen. So we talked about one through five. I encourage you to listen to that on SoundCloud for sake of time. We're going to jump right into number six. So are we ready? 
Yes. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm ready, neighbor. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? And say, we ready. <laughs> All right. Genesis chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Let me read it to you. How about I get there first? That's what works. Verses 11 through 13, it says, And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded that thee not eat, shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Number six, we're talking about tactics of the, of the enemy and some of the facts about sin. God never changed, they did. God never changed, they did. Understand that they disobeyed, and once, the moment that disobedience came on the scene, and remember we talked about how both of their eyes opened at the same time. For Adam disobeyed, she was deceived. And when both of their eyes opened, the whole, their whole perspective changed. And regardless of what the sin may be, it could be something as simple as offense. It's amazing to me how our perspective can change once we're given over into a certain type, any type of disobedience. Now, we already talked about the who told thee that thou was naked. But then when, he, when God asked, has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat, God instantly knew that the only reason why you're acting this way is because you disobeyed. The only reason, that was the only conclusion. I didn't change what I put in you. I didn't rearrange my process for you. I didn't even change the order. The only reason why you're acting like this is because you must have disobeyed. Now understand then in verse, in, in verse 12 here, when, when God asked him, so what happened? How did this happen? Did you, did you disobey? And, it's, and then he says in verse 13, um, no, and the man said when he responded to God, he said, the woman whom thou gavest to me, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Now, remember last week we talked about in verse 6, when she gavest him the fruit, and that gavest him, we had some, some of y'all laughing because y'all remember the back and forth that we had going on last week, but when she, that word gavest is the word Nathan, which we know in the Hebrew means with long or great latitude, a persistent ongoing, nagging, drip, 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 drip type of persistence that she gave him the fruit. You want the fruit. Nah, no, I yeah, don't. Yeah, you want the fruit. I don't want Babe, the fruit. Babe, if you love me, you'll take the fruit. I don't know. It ain't hungry. that bad. Nothing happened to me. You want the fruit. God said don't eat that fruit. I, you want the fruit. Babe, you love me? You know what? Nothing happened to me. Just give me the fruit. <laughs> and if you look at that movie, I, I, you know, if you listen to what she's ministering right now, the woman was deceived, but the man disobeyed. And so if you understand what created all of this, yes, she was deceived, but it was his disobedience that led to this. So if we could go all the way back. That's why it's so important, man, that you know the word of God mm -hmm. for your household. Mm -hmm. Because Satan's going to try to get in there any kind of way he can. But you've got to be the one that says, no, God said this and that. And so, which is, you know, even from the very creation, women can be gullible to what they hear. I'm not saying it's automatic, but we can't. There's, a, there's an aptitude to be gullible to what we hear. We, science has already proven it. You know, 
pickup lines became pickup lines because at some point they were working. Hey, baby, I know you're tired because you've been running through my mind all day long. <laughs> Come on, somebody out here know what I'm talking about. Come on, y'all been walked up to. Somebody walked up to you somewhere and said something like that. I can't even remember all of them. Good. So Adam turns around and uses the same word. When in verse 12 he says, Then the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me. Mm. That word gavest is the same word Nathan. So basically, is Adam covertly get blaming God? He blamed the woman, but in blaming the woman, he also blamed God. Yeah. And isn't that what sin does? Yeah. Sin, even though we know what happened, well, God must have allowed it. Yeah. If this wasn't here in the first place, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And see, so God, so basically uh, what, he's, what Adam is saying is, you, for, you, you gave her to me. I had nothing to do with her. You put her on the scene. You're the one who gave her to me. And then not only that, but then he says, to be with me. So now in the Hebrew, to be with me, that phrase means to be equal, my partner, to be in conjunction with. So basically, what Adam is saying here is he's acknowledging the equality. So let me read to you what the theologian translated this as a, as a loose trans, as a translation or an interpretation of what Adam was saying. He said, basically, this is Adam responding to God. Basically, he's saying, the woman that you forced on me to be on equal assignment with me just as, and has just as much authority and power as I and is really responsible for this mess, she made me do it. So not only did he disobey, but he avoided responsibility. And one of the biggest, I mean, we're, in the, we're seeing this unfold right now with our country. It's one thing to make bad decisions. It's one thing to make, I mean, just to make some mistakes, intentional, unintentional, whatever the case may be. But when you avoid responsibility, you're digging your grave deeper and deeper and deeper. That's and I don't so think there's anything worse than somebody being wrong but not wanting to be responsible for their wrong. That's good. Especially when that wrong has caused damage to other people. Especially. And, and I'm saying this to parents. To spouses and to parents, whether you're with the other spouse or not. But when a mother or a father fails to be responsible, one of the biggest hang-ups with, I mean, even listen to my husband's story. One of the biggest hang-ups and one of the biggest disappointments with the children is when mom or dad said they were going to do something, promised that they were going to do something, and didn't do it. And not only didn't do it, but wasn't responsible for what they didn't do. Yeah. So one of the biggest, biggest, biggest failures, because what that inadvertently teaches that child when they grow up is to not be able to really depend on God. Yeah. He might do it. He might not. Right. He's going he to come, but he ain't going to. He, he, but he might not come when you want you, but he won't come on. He'll always be on time. Loose excuses instead of being responsible. Yeah. And so, at least being, you know, owning it. Yeah. So if I can encourage the men here, it's so easy for us to have a challenge in our marriage. And then we begin to justify or question the decision we made. Did I even marry the right one in the first place? How I many know after you get married, that question can't enter your mind anymore? Amen. Come on, I need a better amen in here right now. 
because you're married. And, and a lot of times it's so easy to go back and say and justify, you know, I really didn't even pray about it. We just rushed into it. We both were young. Come on, somebody. Neither one of us knew what we were doing. It's so easy to make excuses. Women do the same thing, Yeah, too. But, but I want to encourage the men. Okay, go encourage and, the men. And, and not really... Can I encourage the men right now? Go encourage the men. And not really understanding that now that I'm married, God has equipped me and anointed me to solve every problem that presents itself to this marriage. He's anointed me and he's equipped me. And so my posture should be different. I shouldn't look for ways to get out. I should look for ways to grow it. By first growing myself, and when I grow myself, it's natural for me to grow my marriage. And it should be every man's dream to make his marriage look like the Garden of Eden. Because when your woman leaves the house, she represents you. When she's out with your kids, they represent you. And it should make you want to bring them up to the level that you always envision seeing them instead of making excuses for why they're not. That's right. When you have that ability, you have the anointing of God, the glory of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. You've got every tool necessary to win in your household. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, amen. That's absolutely right. Men of God, you hear that? Amen. amen. And but the same thing goes for women as well. We can't make excuses. You know, all, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Number seven. <laughs> so number six was God didn't change. They didn't. And when disobedience is on the scene, it's not that God changed. Check this out. It's not necessarily that the people around us changed. We did. We We did. Number seven, negotiate, compromise, then execute. Negotiate, compromise, and then execute. That's what the enemy does. He will negotiate with you. He will invite you to contemplate. He will invite you to entertain why this is necessary in your life. Why this edge, why this hookup, why this disobedience, why this substance, why this person, why this situation, why this behavior is necessary. It's, you know, it's there to help you cope. It's the, it helps you. Whatever the excuse that he'll give you, he'll negotiate with you over time. And that's what she did. She gave him a lot of time and space, right? We talked about that. But then after we've entertained the the negotiating process for a while, then we start to compromise. We start to compromise, right? Well, you know, perhaps it is good. What harm could it be? And then we execute. See, now, women, let me speak specifically to women. We, now, if you anything like this, me, you had a life before Jesus. I, I wasn't born saved. Amen. <laughs> it's funny. I just, I just had a counseling session with one of our young people, and the question was, when did you become born again? And she wrote, when I was born. Because <laughs> <But laughs> she, she's been with us forever. But, um, uh, but, you know, just imagine, or not even imagine, because I'm, I'm sure, I'm almost sure, probably about 80% of the women in here can share in this experience. Well, we've met that guy, and that guy spit some good game. He spit some good game. I mean, he swooned us. He ta- probably didn't even like him at first. Probably even thought he was unattractive. Probably didn't think he was our type, but we hung around him a little too long. Ooh. And all of a sudden, you start noticing that, oh, there's a little brown in his eyes. 
oh, he got some cute lips. And then we start giving him more and more of our time, more and more of our attention. This happens on both sides of the street, but I'm a female, so I'm going to talk about my experience. Is that okay? <laughs> and then before you know it, we're, we're believing him. We're believing in the, 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 the big pipe dream. We're believing in the big ambitions. We believe that that's his car. We believe that that's his house. We believe that he works at that place and that he really owns that position. We believe that he makes that much money. We start believing him, right? <laughs> We believe him when he said, well, could you pick me up? My car's in the shop. <laughs> For two weeks, three weeks, a month. We, we start believing him. Don't act like you ain't never fell for it. <laughs> I know if I fell for it, y'all fell for it too. And then all of a sudden, something happens. We, 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 we cooperated, we, we, we negotiated, we compromised, and then we executed. We went ahead and my boo, my bae, my man, my boyfriend, whatever you want to call it, especially young people, I'm telling you. Game just getting started at 20, 21, 22, 23. In fact, your brain even, the human brain isn't even finished developing until you're 25. As far as I'm concerned, you're not really even qualified. Let me put this down. So how many of you can relate to something like that? Me and you too, you, that, that, that female, you, like, that really wasn't her body part. <laughs> oh, she, she don't really do, oh, okay, she, 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 she really don't cook like that. And then we fell for it and then we executed. Only to find out, all of a sudden our eyes was open, right? All of a sudden, whoa, hold up. That wasn't his car. That wasn't his house. He really ain't the executive over there. He's, he's, he's something else. And he, and he did all this talking, all this gaming to get us where, we wanted to get, where he wanted to get us. And now we're trying to figure out, can we change him? Can we I, turn him into what we believed him to be? Because I'm in it now. Because I'm, I'm in, in it, it now. now. I introduce him to my family and my friends. Or do I bail? Now, if you're married, you don't bail. But if you're not married, <laughs> she said, kick rocks. <laughs> so, so negotiate, compromise, and then execute. That sounds like a strategy for game. Right. And so how many of you ladies have said, you know, you just came out of a bad relationship. He said, I'm getting ready to just kind of work on me for a little while. <laughs> Raise your hand and somebody come along and you tell them, hey, you know, just right now, I just need some time to myself. I just want to work on some things. But then he keeps negotiating. Yes. Yes. I know you just want some time to yourself. I'm not I don't want a relationship right now either. I just want to go out and get something to eat. <laughs> See, and then you, you, the negotiation begins. Oh, it's just something to eat, right? Now we're going to get something to eat all the time. Now, we're, now we've compromised because now we're what? Seeing each other, right? And then what's the ultimate goal there is that he wants to execute. <laughs> and it's just called game. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me show you how to recognize a game. I know the fella's not getting ready to like this, but my job is to tell the truth. Listen, the Word of God talked about this from Genesis 
to the covenant edition, the New Testament. Yeah. Like I said, the enemy never changed his tactics. That's right. Just new methods and new people. That's right. But the, 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 the behavior, when he has mastered the behavior of people, then, I mean, once the enemy has, because the enemy has mastered the behavior of people, he can get the same results and count on it happening. Consistently. Let me give you a checklist. Ladies, you want a checklist? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a checklist, okay? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Give you a checklist, okay? And if you really pay attention, you'll never get blindsided. Watch this now. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, But understand this in verse 1, that in the last days which we're living in, I'm reading the Amplified, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. And it's going to tell you why trouble is coming, great stress is coming in difficult days. For people will be lovers of self narcissistic and self-focused. You don't want a guy that's more into him than he is God or you. I need a little better amen than that. And guys, you don't want a female that's more into her than she is into God and you. Okay. Lovers of money, impaled by greed. You don't want the guy who will at all costs, by any means necessary. You don't want the guy that is chasing after money. You want the guy that's chasing after God. So lovers of money, greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, pay attention, disobedient to parents. Please pay attention to the relationship that he has with his parents. Because if he doesn't respect the people that brought him into the world and that raised them, no matter how good or how bad they were, you've got to remember he will become a parent someday. Something I always teach my children, marry someone that you can really say to yourself within your heart, if my children grow up to be just like them, I would be proud. Pay attention to the relationship that he has with his parents. It's important. Ungrateful, unholy, profane, foul mouth. You, you know, you, it's, he can't be working on his mouth all the, his whole life. <laughs> a foul mouth is an indication of a foul heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when he calls you out your name and he calls, you've got to understand that's not you. That's coming from his heart. And if he doesn't change his heart, then his words get more aggressive and then his behavior follows that aggression. It's not a game. You don't even play. No one calls you outside of your birth name that God gave you. Respect yourself. Ungrateful, unholy, profane, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection. They don't call. They don't check on you. They don't hold your hand in public. No public displays of affection. They're hard. They're callous. Pay attention. Very good one here. Irreconcilable, malicious gossips. Never forget 
People who talk to you about other people are talking to other people about you. What Hello? The old, the old mothers used to say, if a dog will bring a bone, they'll take a bone. And don't ignore this stuff. Don't ignore it. I mean, I say, if I would have just paid attention to that, I wouldn't have stayed in that situation as long as I, I did. Let's keep going, though. It's not done. So these are malicious gossips, devoid of self-control. See, they have none. So you've got to understand, if you're not married to him and he's sleeping with you, he's committing adultery on God. So if he couldn't control himself with you, common sense tells you he's probably going to have himself, have challenges controlling himself with other people. Master it in your relationship before you get married. Remember this. Marriage will not solve your lack of self-control problem. That's the truth. And I need a better amen in this church this morning. I said marriage will not solve your lack of self-control problem. Typically, if it's a problem before marriage, it will be a problem in the marriage. A bigger problem. You all want a little bit more? Good checklist for you? Let's keep going here. Then I got to let my wife get back in this message. Intemperate, immoral, brutal haters of good. See, they upset because you go to church. Upset because you want to pray. Upset because you love the things of God. That bothers them. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. See, they're willing to sleep with you on Saturday night, but want nothing to do with church on Sunday morning. I'll just stay home and read my Bible. I'll watch online. Nothing against your online watchers. (laughs) Anybody getting anything out of this today? If you don't learn how to pay attention to that, you want the person who loves God more than you. See, I, I say this all the time. The reason I didn't sleep with her prior to marriage, look at her. It's not because she's not a beautiful female. I did not want to hurt God. Amen. It was much bigger than her. We'll be 21 years old in this marriage in November. And it still warms my heart to know that the grace of God is this good. That I've never once gone outside of my marriage. But listen to this. You won't find a female anywhere that will tell you I behaved inappropriately with her. And listen to this. That has nothing to, I shouldn't say nothing. She she makes it easy for me. But ultimately, the greater reason is I love God more than I love her. So I'm more interested in pleasing God than I am pleasing my wife. And see, and it's a misnomer right now. You know, we know plenty of young adults that are choosing to abstain, choosing to save themselves till marriage, and are getting married. Plenty. It's happening all the time. But just because they're not walking around with a banner, people thinking that I got to give a little cookie on the side so he'll know what he's missing if he don't marry me. No. Everybody got that same cookie. (laughs) But you finish. And see, you'll think you mixing yours and yours got some kind of batter in it that's going to blow his mind. But I'm telling you, they mixing something on the other side that's going to blow your batter out the water. 
And at the end of the day, after you get married, it's, the batter is not going to keep the marriage. And let me insert this here. I don't know why this just came up. This is why pornography. It's a deal killer. It is dangerous. It is very, and it's one of those, it, it starts out small. But then before you know it, it's not so much the cookie as much as the differences. And looking for that fantasy. There's not a woman, a true woman alive that does not require foreplay and emotional connection before she makes love. That's right. Outside of if you're just it's paid to career. do that. It's a career. It's a career. So to think that she's going to turn it on for you. And you've done nothing on the front end. You done nothing. show up. <laughs> I learned it, that it the hard way. I thought All I'd this just... glory got to be warmed up. That's right. I, I, learned that the, I learned that the hard way. I thought I could just walk in. You see me. Just like I don't see nothing. You better, you better start early in the morning and, and work all day long. Come on. Come on. Somebody, somebody know what I'm talking about. For all that glory to open up like that at nighttime, you got a lot of work on the front end. Listen to this now, and then I'm going to pull out, babe, let you finish your message this morning. You all want a little bit more? I'm, gi I'm giving you a nice checklist here. Watch this now. So they love pleasure more than God, holding a form of outward godliness, religion. They go to church. They say they're Christians. They might even pray with you. They serve. Outward forms. But how do you know if that power is working? What they do, not what they say. Because they deny the power of it. They have not allowed it to change their life. And listen to what the Amplified says. For their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Word tells you avoid such people and keep away from them. For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women. Silly women, Silly women is the King James Version. Weighed down by the burden of their sins. So, so notice, he didn't do that to you. That's you. So, you know, a lot of times, and, you know, I'm, I, I just want to address this, not picking on anybody because no, we've no, been there. The Bible, yeah. I, I can just say I've been there and I've done that, okay? So a lot of times we wonder why we end up with the same old knucklehead. Same situation, different guy. Same situation, different guy. It's because we haven't dealt with the issues in our own lives. And we end up attracting what's in us versus what we desire. Because we're weighed down and we listen to the negotiation process. Then we compromise and then we execute. If he doesn't have access, because we know who we are, we're the female that God created, the woman that God made, then he, we, we're not even allowing ourselves to, deceive, to be deceived by the okie doke. So if, and, and you're talking about a checklist, that checklist is for you as well, woman of God. Yeah. Not to say that you're not Christian. You could love God, have a prayer life and everything. But if you haven't dealt with, in reality, gone through your checklist and allowed the power of God to deal with and heal you, 
then that's why we're on the merry-go-round. History will repeat itself. Last one, babe, didn't you finish up? So, so notice, same thing it said about her. Notice what him, notice what it says about her. It says here that she's weighed down by the burden of, of their sins, easily swayed by various impulses. This is specifically to her. Always learning and listening to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. So she's in church too. She's always listening and she's always learning. She never gets to the, to, to the truth of who she really is so that she doesn't pay that same bill ever again. So number seven was negotiate, compromise, and execute. That is the enemy's plan. Anytime you spend some, too much time contemplating something that you know, you know the spirit, I believe, everyone in here, you're listening online, the spirit of God is in there waving the red flag. But when you spend too much time in the negotiation room and you find yourself trying to, trying to justify what's wrong, especially when it's in the name of your life being easier, just know that you're falling for the enemy's plan. Number eight, number eight, becoming a part of Jesus puts a target on your back. Just because you say you're Christian, you have to know the enemy has his binoculars on you. Verse 15 in, in Genesis chapter 3, it says here, Jesus, God is telling them what he's going to do. And he says in verse 15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and, and tread on your head underfoot, and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. Understand that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're not subject to the enemy's attack. In fact, it anticipates and it, and it, it intensifies. First right. Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. I'm going to read this quickly in the Message Bible. The message says, that this interpretation says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. Right. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Look at your neighbor and say, stay woke. Stay woke. Look at your other neighbor and say, stay woke. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before his gener this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, yes, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. See, when you're going through something, especially when it pertains to relationships, just know that you feel like you're the only one trying to be right. You feel like you're the only one trying to keep it holy. You feel like people are taking advantage of your good, uh, confusing it for weakness. Just know that God is strengthening you in this process. Yeah. But he has glorious plans on the other, on the other side so long as you're not cashing out. Right. See, for a lot of you, you're reversing a curse. And you can't expect in your little 20, 30, 40 years that you're going to undo generations of deception, generations of sin. When Jesus comes on the scene in your life, you have to realize he's not just trying to correct you. He's trying to correct you and all the seed coming after you That's because right. there's an undoing of the Father's right. sins that's befallen on the generations thereafter that the enemy is perpetuating. So as you stand firm and show yourself to be consistent in God, 
I'm not saying you're waking up and you're perfect. That's right. But your pursuit of God, your pursuit of prayer, your pursuit of his word, he's obligated to fulfill it. That's right. So you got to realize he's undoing stuff from way before you. That's right. So to expect that one year of being celibate and where's my husband? Two years of being celibate when there's generations right. of stuff. Right. Allow God to work his perfect work in you. Mm -hmm. If I Amen. can add, add to that, if you know you have a target on your back, then you need to set boundaries. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Right? And you got to know you. Amen. Right? And so if you communicate with me, you've communicated with her. If it's a Facebook, Instagram, she has all the passwords, can read every inbox message. Amen. How many know that helps protect you? Right. right? And now she's come up with this, this Life Circle app where everywhere I travel. <laughs> she didn't do that because she can't trust me. This is just how our family keeps up with each other. See, when you're not doing anything wrong, you don't even hear it that way. You just join the app and everybody is accountable. See, when you don't join the app. What's really going on? What's really going on? And then just other things you have to do. When I'm at the gym, people will always offer from time to time, new equipment will come in. Can I personally train you on this new equipment? That's a female. My general response is always the same. If you'll train both my wife and I. But first, you have to get approval. Go talk to her first. And if it's something she wants to do, then I'll do it with her along with you. And it's interesting. They never, ever went to ask her the same question. Not one time. So, you know, and I'm one, side eye and every female train up in there. Like, what you And really one, doing? she was right on the machine in front of me. She was on the elliptical right in front of me. And I said, she's actually right there. You can go ask her right now. She walked right the, the other way. <laughs> So, so, so if you know you've got a target on your, your back, don't play around with sin. Because that little workout leads to all kind of other things. And see, I'm saying that especially to women because there is already a, a what is that word that they use um, in medical terms? Um, predisposed position of women being deceived. When, when, when you proclaim Jesus, don't think the deception just stopped and you just got this spirit of discernment all of a sudden. Just know and understand you. And do what he says. Acknowledge him in all your ways and pay attention to that little mmm, mmm. Number nine. Adam now, well, I should have versed this better. Adam recognizes, acknowledges her individuality and separateness versus their unity. So if I was to synopsize, I should have synopsized number nine. But number nine, basically, individuality and independence is on the scene. There's a constant fight for individuality and independence. Let's look at verse 20 in Genesis chapter 3. Verse 20. The man called his, name's, his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now this one little verse has such significance because now this is after the fall. See, before the fall, there was perfect unity between man, woman, and God. There was perfect unity. Order was established, spirit, mind, body. But then after the fall, now that word that uh, the, the 
King James uses there when he says that he called her name. That word name in the Hebrew is translated in the phrase to proclaim a memorial of her individuality. So now, instead of being united as one flesh, they're individual. And that's been the fight for all time, even within marriage. We make a decision to become united, but we still want to be independent. Now, I'm not saying that you lose who you are, but understand that your significance adds to who we are. And seeing in this one little statement in verse 20, Adam recognizes now because of their disobedience that we're not one. And we're going to have to fight to become one. So women, the reason why I bring this up is because all too often we've allowed society to defame and minimize our role in the earth as being dependent. And we fight to be the strong, independent woman. I'm every woman. No. It's okay to be a strong woman. Right. But when we want to be strong, independent of our mate, our spouse, and now it becomes a competition, or it becomes a you ain't my daddy, or it becomes a you don't control me, instead of us finding ways to work together, you got to know that the enemy has still, you know, put, put, put strife in there. See, Adam called her Eve. And nothing's wrong, no shade on you wanting to keep your maiden name. But be careful of hyphenating that name and what that entails. I get it. I know I have good friends, Christian friends who are so-and-so hyphen so-and-so. That is not the issue as much as what that can uh, can signify in my fight for individuality and in my fight for my own identity instead of our united identity. That ain't going over too well. No, I don't think they like that. But that's Bible. That ain't me. <laughs> but if I can add to that, so, so money, would everyone agree, is a challenge in a marriage? And in most relationships. Raise be. your hand if that's agree, right? And, one, and that's not we have too much, we have too little. It's really how do we use it? How do we spend it? Right? So I want to add some balance to something I said on last week because I had two gentlemen ask me that. Uh, and so everything in our house is one income, right? No matter who makes it, it all goes into one account. It's one income. I got one amen right here and one amen over here. So it's one income, right, that we together figure out how to go forward. Anytime that there's decisions that we can't come in agreement, somebody has to make the final decision. That role should fall on the head of the household since at the end of the day, God's going to hold you accountable for it anyway. That's all I was saying. That doesn't mean she can't manage. She can't. He can't be not informed. There's no way he can not know what's going on and not be a part of the decision-making process. That's all I was saying on last week. And so a lot of times when, when you see these hyphens and all of this stuff, it's her income, it's his income, her he pays bills, this, he pays bills. that, you take care of that, I'll take care of this. I mean, I know that's, that's individuals. And so all too often what we end up seeing is roommates that just happen to be having sex and kids together. Legally. Legally. See, when you said I do, you joined everything. You joined the, the other 
you joined the previous children from previous relationships. It's all one. You joined mamas and daddies. You joined sisters and brothers. You become one. And so now that unity is what invites power. Let me substantiate that. So understand that in, and, and number nine is that fight for individuality or independence. But then this is how we substantiate this. Number 10, verse 22, limited ability. Right after that, God says in verse 22, and the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and also take up the tree of life and eat and live forever. God says he has become as one of us. See, before, they were all one together. Whereas man and woman was as of all three of them That's good, right? in one. That's good. But now the fall, they only became as one. In other words, each one had his own individual identity. And we're no longer one together. See, when man fell, his intellect superseded his spirit. Whereas before in the perfect state, his spirit was superseded, it superseded his mind. It was spirit, soul, mind, will, emotions, then body. But when man ate of the tree, his intellect, knowledge became That's number so one. That's so good. And in that knowledge, before he only knew blessings. So he could only walk in the blessing. But when he took that fruit and disobeyed, now he became not only aware, but subject to blessings and curses. And so now, instead of them all operating as one, they're only operating as one of them, knowing both good and evil. That word one in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word ashad, which means to go one way or another. Can't have it all no more. You're either going to go one way or another. It's not going to be all blessings. It's going to be blessings or curses. That's so good. That, and that's a choice. And that's a choice. So, you know, we're going to conclude there. But know that, and that was number 10. Number 10 now leads to limited ability. Those 10 tactics, 10 facts of sin, 10 tactics of the enemy... Basically, all of, them lead, all of them lead to, number 10, limited ability. If the enemy can dupe you out of who you really are because of what you don't know. See, some people say ignorance is bliss. No, when it comes to God, ignorance is a curse. Say, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's good. And when you don't know who you are in him and you aren't feeling yourself with who you are in him, you will always hit a glass ceiling, ever wanting more but not seeming to achieve it, ever thinking that you should be in a better position, but it evades you. And when you're finding yourself in that position, especially women of God, because I think we've been subject to this demoralized, just, just lower platform in society, being sexualized, being, you know, woman, just, just existing because of this curse, we fall into this deception whereas self-esteem and confidence and, 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 and all the things that make us, that God made us to be is, is compromised and therefore we find ourselves in destitute situations. Being that Second Timothy woman where God never made you to be that. 
And then what it ends up being is that what we'll talk about next week is that Proverbs chapter 5 and 6 person. And God spends time talking about that woman, specifically that woman. He talks about her extensively and where it leads because society will have you think, you know, we can do it too, me too, and I, all this here stuff. No, the only way to, for you to walk in the power that's been given to you is you to be who you are in Christ. That's true. That's true. You can't spread them like, you, you, no. Just want to have a hookup, a boo night. No. Society will convince you that you are just as entitled to get your swerve on as whatever. But it's deception, yeah. it's manipulation, yeah. it is evil, and it only leads to a perpetual curse. That's right. Did you all get anything out of that? So look at your neighbor again and, and tell them, stay woke. If you're looking at a female, say, sister, stay woke. If you're looking at a guy, turn around and look at a guy and say, brother, stay woke. Amen. Amen. So right now, what we're going to do is just make sure that all of us are in Christ. You know, Jesus set this pattern in place. He is the word. He is the eternal word. And he, did not, he was not mistaken or haphazard in what he put in this book of instructions before leaving earth. He did not miss it. And he knew in these days that people will be subject to their own wiles and their own wills. They'll just be bawling out for what they want. But Jesus said, no, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. Amen. Amen. So if you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, understand someone died so that you could have everything that was in that garden. Provision, protection, peace, love, joy, healing. God, Jesus died so that you could have it. And he didn't make it difficult. He didn't. In fact, he said, have faith as a child. He said, if your faith is just as a mustard seed, you could move mountains. But it just starts with believing him and receiving him. And in believing him, we strive to love him. Yeah. So if you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we would love to pray with and for you. Or perhaps you have, but you know you've lived life contrary to what his will is. Some people call it being backslidden. We call it simply being out of fellowship because God forever loves you. He didn't change even though we did. So if you desire my prayer, I would love to pray with and for you. Or perhaps you want to learn more about the subsequent experience. We didn't talk about it much, but it's very real and very alive. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. It's not the Spirit of God controlling you. God does not control. But it is a sweet, precious gift whereby we have a direct communication line with him. If you want to learn more about that, we would love to share that information with you and pray with you. Or perhaps you don't have a church home. You can't grow unless you're planted somewhere. And if you believe that Linked Up Church is a church home for you, you want to receive Pastor Gregory and I as your pastors to serve you, this ministerial staff, one thing I can promise you is that you'll be taught the uncompromising word of God. You'll be prayed for daily. And we are passionate about your victory. We are 
passionate about your victory. We have classes in place to help you and educate you about becoming closer to God, becoming closer to your family, connecting with family, connecting to your purpose, and ultimately being an impact and connecting to community. If you want to be about that, we would love to have you, and we would love to pray with and for you and share that information with you. So while every head is bowed, while every eye is closed, and everyone is in the attitude of prayer, if you desire my prayer for any one of those four invitations, would you please lift your hand up high in the air so that I know I'm praying with and for you. If you want to receive Jesus, I see those two hands right there. You want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. You want to uh, recommit. And